My role is to understand my team members. And in order to have that mutual work and environment feeling fulfilled, making sure that you know, you're reaching your aspirations, understanding people's passion is really important. And it helps to provide the right type of opportunity for your team members, giving them the opportunity for growth, enjoying the work. And really it's, it's kind of stems all around the values and the team culture that you, know, you and I talked about. So what do you want to foster for your team is important. And what do you want your team alliance to be? We utilize actually that, that exact terminology because we've done some work and we've defined what our team alliance is. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. I'm really happy to talk about the You Belong in the C-suite group coaching retreat. So you know that we have different cohorts. We've had seven cohorts so far over the last three years, and all of those except for one cohort have been virtual. And so this is the first time I'm hosting an in-person retreat and I'm hosting it for the alumni of the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. So the retreat is limited to alumni or current participants only. So you may be asking, Laura, then why are you telling me about this? I've not been a part of your group coaching before. I can't come. Well, there still is time for you to join us because we are now enrolling for our next cohort, cohort eight for group coaching. So if you join us for this cohort, then you are invited to join us for our first retreat. So to learn more about our retreat, go to thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching or send me an email at hello at thecatchgroup.com. We'll be accepting applications for group coaching for this cohort through February and getting started with our six month group coaching cohort in March. And then the retreat is in April. So if you're a high achieving woman who is looking to build her career intentionally, then this is the group for you to join. It's a really great program for women who are either looking for their next career move and want to understand what, get clarity on what that next career move should be, or it's a really great fit for people that are new in role and want to set themselves up for success. So go to thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching to apply now. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I love guest episodes where we get to highlight the career journey of an executive in the C-Suite. Even more so, I love conversations with leaders that I've partnered with as clients. And today you are going to hear one such discussion. I am excited to share my conversation with Rita Lazar Tippy. Rita is not your average digital leader with a deeply personal approach. She infuses her work with heart and soul, igniting powerful transformations in the digital realm. Beyond her technical expertise, 
Rita's personal touch inspires collaboration and bold innovation. Her authentic enthusiasm creates a safe space where everyone's voice is heard and valued. Rita has over 25 years of experience in digital transformation, data, and innovation in the private, public, and not-for-profit sectors. In her current role as the Chief Digital Officer of Cashco Financial, Rita is responsible for overall digital vision and strategy while influencing a digital organization's culture and strategic direction and ensuring business efficiency and effectiveness and optimal operational management. Rita serves on the McDougal House Board, which is a second stage treatment facility for women in recovery and the Alberta Automotive Insurance Rate Board. She has earned the Competent Board ESG designation. She is a strong believer in team first, having built high-performing teams in various organizations is by far her greatest accomplishment. Today, Rita continues to transform digital landscapes with her unwavering approach to team, speaking last and looking at the big we instead of the small me. In our discussion, Rita and I talked about her career journey to the C-suite. We also talked about her values and how those show up in the teams that she leads and how she is intentional and consistent to build her team culture, tying back to values. We talked about the importance of support along her professional development journey, and specifically how she's growing and learning new skills through board service. Rita is a lifelong learner and shares her view on continuous learning and shares what she's currently reading and learning about. I know you'll get a lot from our discussion. Let's get started. Well, Rita, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Welcome. I'm so excited that we are here together. Oh, thank you so much, Laura, for having me on the podcast. I, I love your work and you know that. So really excited to, for, to have this conversation and uh, see where it goes. Yeah, I love these conversations so much where we can highlight things that leaders are really doing, especially those that hold C-Suite roles. And I love this even more because I know you and we've partnered together. The only thing we haven't been able to do is meet in person yet, which is bananas because I feel like I know you really well. So let's tell the listeners how we know each other. So I was, I was thinking about this the other day and um, I can't, I was attending the Gartner Women in IT Leadership Session. Yeah, so it, it seems like, you know, years and years ago, which you were the speaker. And that's right. So, you know, it was really great because when you talked about your story and you talked about the the whole aspect of your book and how that came about, it really resonated. You know, your story was so, so much around, I could see the passion and the F, the impact that it's had uh, both on you and others. So I immediately, you know, bought your book because that's, you, you know, I love reading. So I constantly go there. And I could just see myself in, in your journey. And so that was really kind of the, the starting point for me. And since then, I have recommended your book to many colleagues and many other individuals. I've given it away, actually, as well uh, during my values presentations that I've done within Cashco. And I know that people have really thought, been thoughtful and intentional in terms of while they're reading it and the alignment in terms of their own journey on, on the values as well. And I found speaking to people, this is this is quite remarkable, but speaking to people about values in particular, um, opening up a little bit of myself and saying, this is what my values are. And sometimes 
it's just the initial conversations, but it really builds an instant bond and it deepens that connection with people. And I've just found it fascinating because I've been trying different approaches and different ways to connect it at a deeper level. And uh, it's, it's been quite incredible. I love it. I love so much that that's how we got connected. And then we started working together because you were a participant in the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. And in that cohort, I think that was the most interesting one because I think everybody, we had, I think, three different countries represented. We had U.S., you're in Canada. We had um, a member from Australia. And that group still meets regularly, which I love as well. We just met yesterday <laughs> and, um, and connected on values and accountability and all that good stuff. And so just really excited that I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to see just you and your journey. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit later, but first let's, let's go back. I want to learn a little bit more about your career journey. And I, I think I, I know a little bit more about the last couple of years, but Take us back. What what was university like? All that good stuff. How did you become interested in what you're interested in and make those decisions? And what's that career journey been? Oh, boy. Now you, you, I have to go back into the vault. Um, <laughs> for me, I started fairly young in the technology career, and it was not something that I was aspiring to at all. In fact, what I really wanted to do, and now I, I'm not able to do any of that, is I wanted to go into fashion design. Really? So I, I cannot draw for the life of me right now, <laughs> but it was uh, it was just the notion of how I can contribute to how people felt and building that that self-esteem and confidence and, and those aspects around it and the creativity. And I love the creativity because there was really no boundaries. Yeah. To be whatever you wanted to be. And so that was that was the direction that I was hoping to to go. And but at the time it was really the technology has started to really become prevalent and there was a lot of discussions about, you know, the capabilities and how you can provide value add um, in the technology field. And so my, my dad and my parents actually said, you know, this may be something that would really be a good fit for you. And then you can look at how maybe leveraging technology in any different field could complement that. So I went, I went into the technology field. I, I knew nothing about technology. So it was, it was very, very different. So you've got a creative mind and all of a sudden you have to shift to a very logical, structured mind. Um, but I found having the balance has really helped me because it gives me a different way of how I look at things and cr- find creative ways of, of troubleshooting or problem solving in, in different aspects. So when I started my career, I was usually one of the youngest or the youngest member. And so it took some time to, to get past that. Unfortunately, we're no longer in that era. Um, <laughs> I have done various different roles, everything from desktop support to software development, application management, servers, networks, um, architecture, dabble in security. So there's just a lot of different aspects. And I, I enjoyed all of them because I like that level of diversity and I love the, the ongoing learning. Um, I was promoted to the first female of uh, IT in terms of the newspaper change. So they never had a female that was overseeing it, which was really humbling because it was very much you know male-dominated um, industry. But it started my leadership journey. And it was, it was funny because when I was asked to lead, it wasn't something I was ever aspiring to. And I had this this small inclination of probably about five to 10 seconds 
of saying, oh, this is something new. Let's let's take that leap before, you know, everything else comes in and the logic and the rationale and the fear comes into it. So I just said, okay, haven't tried this before. Let's see what that looks like. So now I've had the pleasure to lead technology teams for over 20 years and just in various different organizations, uh, various different digital transformation as you know, the, the ecosystem has changed and businesses and expectations. Uh, but I've always still overseen the data and innovation portfolios, which have been tremendous and very, very interesting. So in terms of the industries I've been a part of, just to give you a little bit of a flavor, because I'm not sure you and I talked about this before, but philanthropic fundraising, try to say that 10 times, um, pensions, environmental monitoring and reporting, uh, entertainment, so that was, that was a lot of fun, media, engineering, education, and then various different consulting. So I started a little bit backwards because I started consulting first mm. and then I went into the full time um, and also the federal and provincial government. So a lot of different industries and a lot of different ways to really understand the, the complexity of each of those. And I love the, the learning process. So for me, I want, it was almost intentional to look at all of these different industries and to be a part of it. And as you know, now I'm currently the chief digital officer for Cashco Financial and uh, I'm responsible for the overall digital vision strategy, the data portfolio, AI, as well as making sure that the business runs efficiently and effectively and uh, optimizing operational management. I love it. I love, I did not know the breadth of all of the industries and I definitely did not know about the fashion design. That is fascinating. <laughs> I love it, but I can see it. I can totally see it. I also know that you are on several boards. Tell me about that too. So I have a privilege on being a McDougal House board, which is a second stage treatment facility for women in recovery. So it's really very something that's I'm pretty passionate about because there is various individuals throughout my life, of friends and otherwise, that have gone through some of the challenges and we experience that on an ongoing basis. So really being able to support those, those women, but it, it's more than just the women. It's also the extension and the impact that it has to their families, to the community. It's, it's broader and thinking of it in that context is really important. I also serve on the Alberta Automotive Insurance Board rate. Uh, so it's all about the automobile insurance and the implications as, as a public as a public board member, really looking at that lens of what the implications are in an industry that is quite changing quite rapidly just because of you know, the electric vehicles, the automation that's in place and all of the aspects that surrounds that. And just recently, I joined uh, FutureSight as a strategic advisor to the CEO. So again, just fascinating different industries, different ways for me to be able to provide some of my knowledge and insight but also share and understand you know, those industries and their perspectives that others share with me. And so it continues to evolve my mindset, my perspective. And I think that when I look back and I look at all my accomplishments, it really is a testament to my core values. So when I think about the core values, you know, for me, it's authenticity, truth, and, and genuine. And I kind of bubble that into, into one, being, being heard. You know, being listened to is, is important because you want to make sure that you're you're not just showing up. You're contributing in a way that is impactful. Uh, belonging, fairness, family, freedom, and with all of the turbulence that's happening in the world, that's definitely, you know, it's one that I think we take sometimes for granted and we really need to think about that. Uh, integrity and then knowledge and wisdom. So 
those are when I I know that some of the work that you and I've done together really to be able to hone in on that is so so critical because it's it's that foundational fabric of who you are. Oh my goodness, I love this so much. And I've gotten to see where how some of these kind of come to life. Where does your kind of creativity from earlier in career, where does that sit now? Did that evolve over time or do you connect it to something else right now within your current values? I think creativity for me is um, intertwined. It's probably an underlying factor in the knowledge aspect. Okay. Of it. Yeah. You know, how do you incorporate different mindsets, different approaches and different way of looking at things? And that's part of the reason that I read and I, and I was telling my parents the other day that I think I'm probably right now in the middle of like six audiobooks and probably about six you know, digital books at the same time when and they say to me like, how, how is that possible? But it's because there's just so much amazing insights and information. So I gravitate, I get an idea and I think, oh, I'm, I want to look at this topic or I want to be able to understand how this works. Uh, but that's, it's all of the different facets of how, how do you, for me, how do I consume information? How do I repurpose it? Mm -hmm. And then how do I distribute it in a way that really uh, provides different insights to either myself or individuals that, that I have the opportunity to speak with? And I love how I have seen that value show up time and time again. It feels like, so in, in our group coaching sessions, I think there's at least at least two books or two suggestions per session that you talk about, or you're like, Hey, has anybody read this one? I'll drop it in chat or, Hey, here's another podcast episode. Like, I love that you are just so generous with the learning that you do have and you connect it to so many things, but it shows up. That is something that I bet your team knows about you as well. It feels like you're generous, not only with learning, but like sharing the learnings that you have. Yeah. Well, if there's there's no point in just consuming it without having the opportunity to share it. But more importantly, Laura, I look at it as if someone else reads it, what's their lens? I yeah. don't know what lens is, but what's their lens and how did they contribute to my well-roundedness in the thought process? to incorporate different perspectives. So I talk about it quite often. I talk about the lens and I use that terminology intentionally because we all utilize our experiences, we utilize our knowledge, but ultimately that brings forward some of the thoughts and perspectives that really people can, can provide and add into those conversations that are so critical. And that's, and you've heard me, I know you've heard me say that I like to go last uh, and it's partially because when when we're in conversations, I do want to go last because I want to hear other people's perspectives. I want to be able to really listen to them and make sure I'm not I'm listening to understand and not listening to respond. Yeah. And I think you do that so well. And you do a lot of dot connecting and insight sharing. And just I think you live that value so well. So how do you live your values inside of work. What does that look like in terms of how you lead? So I'm going to go a little bit back into to your book and, and some of the participation, because yeah. I think all of this really combines and couples um, to answer the question. But, you know, prior to reading your book and participating in you belong in the C-suite group coaching program, I would encounter situations that internally I had this conflict and it was uncertain. It was 
I couldn't really put a name to it. I couldn't couldn't reason really what was the reason behind it. And the work that we've done together, um, really clarifying my values, it just, which, you know, when you think about it, it seems so obvious, but it provided me with the ability to hone in on what, what are those misalignments. And I think a lot of people wind up missing and, and having that gap and the opportunity to understand and rationalize that and have the ability to quickly pinpoint where some of those misalignments are, are really, really critical because you have that internal conflict of something doesn't feel right, but I, I don't know what it is. I can't name it. I'm not sure what that looks like. And I think it also helps make deeper connections. So, uh, you know, I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but in within the group members, so my team members within others that I engage with, there is this, you know, understanding and support that is unique and, and provides a very special way of how you engage. So. I think it really is, it's building the relationship, it's understanding what people about yourself, but also being able to articulate to others, here's what I show up like. Now, given if, what, what in my current role, what I what happened is when um, I think it was in the first, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I want to say in my role, I had a little bit of a cheat sheet and it was like a read us cheat sheet, so to speak. And it was two um, pages. And one of them was, what are my values? And, you know, what do I show up as? Mm -hmm. And being able, sometimes you don't have that. So when you're starting a new organization, you're trying to navigate, the, you know, person, how do you communicate the different individuals? What are the team dynamics? And being able to have that clarity and provide that to others, I hope it, it enabled them to be able to understand me quicker, but also establish relationships in a way that's more deeper and impactful. I love that because you were basically setting expectations of this is how I operate. This is what's important to me. This is how I make decisions, all of those kinds of things. And you were generous in like sharing the information with others. Well, it's, it's how you show up, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's as simple as that is how, rather than trying to figure that out. And, and it's, I call it a dance because all the different circumstances, situations, whatever that engagement is, you're trying to figure out how do I fit? How do I communicate what's impactful? What's not? What language do I use? How do I make sure that the message that's, that I'm, you know, is coming across that I'm trying to be clear about or the intent and purpose. And I think it just, it contributes that clarity and contributes to the way that really we need to think about how we engage with each other. I love it. And so you mentioned earlier that you shared the book, you shared this, even just ideas of values. So tell me, what are ways that you have been able to intentionally talk about values within your team or within the organization? I think it was, I'm trying to remember fairly early on uh, with this organization, I was asked if we were having a manager's conference. And so we gathered different managers through the, throughout the branch network that we have throughout Canada, and we bring them together. And I was asked if I would do, it was not, I, I would, didn't even get a choice kind of, it was like, okay, do you mind doing presentation on values? And I thought, how ironic. <laughs> that it was perfectly aligned. It was like, it was scripted for me. So it really gave me an opportunity to get in front of people, to be able to really share the message of my experience and my values, and then also hear theirs. Also mm -hmm. being able to provide them with a, a chance to really be able to talk about what are their values? How do they align with the organizational ones? But how do they show up as well as, as people? And hopefully building that, that bond in an, on an ongoing basis. So I've had, I've done two presentations. 
done one for the managers, one for the associates. And it's, I've had people reach out and they said that it resonated and they really appreciated, but it was more so I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to hear what would impact and bring awareness to the values. Like in this organization, we talk about values quite a bit. There's, there's five core values and we live in various different ways that we engage on an ongoing basis on a daily basis and talk about, you know, who are you giving your core value to? What does that look like? What are some of the examples? But it's, it, it has to be, you know, it, you've got to live them, quite frankly, because you cannot be talking the talk and it has to be really deeply embedded in how you show up. And I use that term quite frequently because I think it's important as people understand the context around it, but you've got to be able to, to walk the talk. And I think that, you know, within the team itself, how I show up as a leader is, is establishing the culture. And how do we see each other and, and bring fun into it as well? Because it, it has to be, what does that look like for everybody? And is it, do you have that psychological safety? Do you have the way that there's clarity of understanding of what is the ask and what's the role in that? So I'll usually say, okay, you know, uh, be, my, be my Swiss cheese, poke holes into what we're talking about. Make sure that we're making the right decisions or the right choices. But it's building that that culture and those underlying elements of you know psychological safety. It's the trust. It's the really the core essence. If you don't have that, your team is is just a bunch of individuals and they can't be successful. And I've always said team first. So you've got to be thinking in that context because we all succeed together and we learn together. And I love kind of just the intentionality that you have about it, and then just really the consistency too, because. The consistency of that is the culture and just the, when we've talked about this before separately, kind of the responsibility that you have as a leader to model those values, to show that this is, that you are walking the walk, right? Because I think it's really easy and we've all been in other organizations where, you know, they have values, but maybe people aren't actually living them. And so I love the the way that you have individualized it, but also that you're always showing this these are mine and this is how I'm living them. Yeah, I think it's it's critical for me again because of the whole notion of integrity, authenticity, all of those are so core to who I am. I want to make sure that I show up my best self, my authentic best self, and I want others as well because I think it's just it adds to the ability to really enjoy the work that you're doing and bring your best self forward. So tell me more about your personal development journey. You're a voracious learner. It's one of your values. You joined the group coaching program to continue to develop yourself. Tell me all about like your philosophy on learning. We've talked a little bit about it in terms of like getting people's lenses and those kinds of things, but what are the kinds of things that you're doing at this point in your career, as you've grown your career to continue to develop yourself? And it's a, it's a journey, right? So tell me a bit about the learning journey. So for me, where I'm at now uh, is really focused on obviously, you know, my, my professional kind of evolution of continuing to evolve my leadership competency, continue to evolve the communication. There's, there's never, you're, you're done. Like it doesn't really exist, but I've also taking on the thought process around 
know, how do I contribute later on in my life as well? And, you know, positioning myself to be able to do that now, rather than doing it in front, you know, in, in front of a situation where now you have to respond, you've planned it out and been thought more thoughtful and intentional around it. So that's part of the reason I've been uh, getting on boards. But I, I also want to make sure there's so much work on the board side because the lens is different from a perspective of now you're not doing, now you're governing, now you've got that oversight and you have a different way you need to look at things of how are you contributing to the strategy of the organization, but you're not, you're not doing it in a manner of, it's the best way to describe it, really, it's more about questioning and providing that thought-provoking approach yeah. rather than very intentionally outlining, you know, next steps, if you will. And I find that fascinating. I find the whole notion of the people that you meet, the way that they contribute to the thought process. But a lot of it is also my own development. I, I need to be able to make sure for me, uh, I want to be able to continue understanding, maturing and shifting that mindset because it is a, a different way that it's just not, I don't think it's intuitive for, for most people. And so it's a trait that needs to be learned. Yeah, I like how you described it's the strategic lens versus the operational lens, because right now you have to kind of do both in your C-suite role. But in those board roles, it is all about strategy, questions, guidance, all of that kind of stuff. And that is a very different lens to, to be in and one you have to be very intentional about. And it's interesting. And I, and, and I didn't specifically say, you know, strategic versus operational because People sometimes also have a, a context to language based on yeah. their own you know, experience. But the whole notion behind the ability to, and it, it is an art, to step back. I've seen people who they jump in. They just, they, they want, because they're doers and they've done, they've done the work at the management level. Well, now you can't be at the management level because right. it's someone else's role. So the ability to shift, it's its just an interesting dynamic. And boards, as you know, have their own culture as well. So finding yes. the right board, again, it goes back to values, right? Where, where, where does the dynamic, what's that fit? And even though it might be interesting from an industry perspective, there's there's different dynamics. So the dynamic is, is really, really important as well. Yeah, I love the that you just made that distinction between even operations and management and like getting in there and being the doer. So resisting that, but even enabling others to do that, I think is even a, a different skill. And so, um, yeah, I love that you're you're building that across multiple boards that are aligned with your values. How would it feel to go into every job opportunity or boardroom without hesitation because you have a clear value system that guides you? How would it feel to have renewed energy and focus to put your skill set to work by stepping out of things that are not meant for you and actually prioritizing your own needs, reaching that career milestone that you want and establishing the legacy that you know you're here to leave with your authentic leadership? I am thrilled to be opening enrollment for our You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. This program is for leaders who are ready to step into the next level of their career without sacrificing everything and their values to get it. You belong in the C-Suite, and it's time that you start believing it. 
The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. You are ready. You have what it takes to get there. And I'm going to show you the skills that it takes to thrive there. Learn more at thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. That's thecatchgroup.com slash group coaching. Let's talk a little bit more about, about your experience in group coaching. Tell me about, I, I'd love to share my perspective. I thought it was, I love that group and I love the support that you've all given each other, but tell me about your experience. What was it like? What were you expecting and what were some of your outcomes? I think it's, it's fascinating because when you go into these types of sessions, you don't, you don't know what to expect. I mean, you have a great program. It's well-defined. But the, the stories that you hear and the perspectives, and sometimes it's even the, the self-reflection aspect of it, because when we've had some of the conversations and having that group, and, and I, I loved our group, it was, you know, it was very intimate, and it was the ability to build a relationship in a different way that it wasn't just very, I don't want to say transactional, because it's, it's, a lot of them are not just transactional, but it, was, it became really personal. And the ability to support each other through that journey, and everybody's at different stages in their life. And so the ability to be able to be thoughtful, intentional, having the framework, and then supporting and holding each other accountable. I mean, that was one thing that you've, you know, you were you were very intentional on is how do we hold each other accountable of what are our values and what are we going to work towards in terms of our own development and, and uh, intentional outcomes. So I just, I found that the program was very well structured. I loved our group. As you've said, we still keep in touch and gives us an opportunity to connect and uh, hold each other accountable of, yeah, we're, you said that you were going to do this. What does it show up like? What does that look like? And I find that a lot of it really is around balance. There is that whole notion around you know, what, where is that limitation? Where's the boundaries? And each individual person has different ways of how they balance different aspects of their life. And I think that it's just, it's not intuitive and it's not intuitive just because you look at the pandemic and kind of the separation, if you will, from work to life to now amalgamation of both, uh, the different demands that are required on, on different times throughout your life as well, both from family perspective. And then there's the whole geo, you know, political challenges that are happening that are also challenging our values in, in some respects as well. So it's the ability to have a space, which I really appreciate in the program, to just be able to focus on what's what's you, what's important, how do you show up, and what are those steps that you're going to undertake in order to have that equilibrium that's so important to all of us. Yeah, I I think that is so well said. It was um, there's some structure, but also it was like especially your cohort. I feel like you met each other where they, where you were that day sometimes. And that mm-hmm. was sometimes what we needed, right? But the accountability and the encouragement along the way, each, like you said, each of you are in a different place in terms of role or life stage, all of those kinds of things. Um, but for each session, it was, there was still like a red thread throughout all of you um, each time that we met. And so, yeah, the, the camaraderie again, still, uh, as we, as we connect still exists and, um, still fascinating to me that we can still all do this on zoom and it's still fine. 
especially for that group because that that was we're so dispersed around the globe geographically very distributed for sure yes yes yes. I remember times talking about how somebody was going to the beach and then you were you know digging out of you know lots of snow so (laughs) I just wanted to touch Lauren a little thing that just kind of came back when we were talking about leadership and you know as a leader you know I look at it that way my role is to understand my team members and in order to have that mutual work and environment feeling fulfilled, making sure that you know you're reaching your aspirations, understanding people's passion is really important. And it helps to provide the right type of opportunity for your team members, giving them the opportunity for growth, enjoying the work. And really it's it's kind of stems all around the values and the team culture that you know you and I talked about. So what do you want to foster for your team is important. And what do you want your team alliance to be? We utilize actually that that exact terminology because we've done some work and we've defined what our team alliance is. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we on a monthly basis, we actually review that as well is what do we want to work on individually and how are we showing up and supporting each other? So all of this is so tightly coupled and I'm not sure there is really has been an understanding of all of these elements and how they're so intertwined into the outcomes of, of all of the aspects of personal life, but a professional one as well. I love that. And I love that you have the intentionality of the kind of individual commitment and the team commitment every month. I think that's just so important. You and I have talked about how I'm starting to work on book number two, which is about team. And so this is like, so like fresh in my mind. I'm like so deep into it at this point. I love all of this kind of stuff and just the, and, and that's what it is. It's this intentionality and consistency of what is it defining it for team, but also having that individual connection to it too. And then also back to the organization as well. Um, so you can see yourself in both the team and in the organization, but all of us are, are at the end of the day, we're individuals that have that passion and whatever motivates us to your point. And as a leader, I feel like you're, you're right on there. It is absolutely our responsibility to foster all of this stuff, but to create that intentional space to talk about all of it. And I think you've, you've done that because you've prioritized it. So we talk about how sometimes this is not rocket science, but it is really hard to do because there's just so many things happening. And so it's easy to not do it, but if we can be intentional with the way that we interact with teams, and I love the terminology that you just shared, this alliance and just the unit of analysis of team, I think is just so important as you think about it in terms of leadership. What other advice do you have for leaders to use their values to motivate their teams? Anything else come to mind? I think if if you start with culture, I think that's where it's almost like that's your, your vision, right? What type of culture do you want to have? And then work backwards. But we've when I when I look at organizations and I look at teams, we're in a lot of cases, we're focused on outcomes, which is great. You absolutely need to have that. I don't want to minimize that whatsoever. But at the end of the day, do people remember the projects that they've done or do they remember the people that, you know, have, have touched their lives in a way that has made a difference? And I think that is sometimes we forget that because we we all get really busy. I, you know, I'm, I'm no exception. I get super focused and it's like, yeah, I got to I got to deliver. I get to, I need to get to this. But having that constant reminder 
And sometimes I actually have, you know, digital stickies, so people have physical stickies that just on your desktop, that just for, is a constant reminder of what's important, what do you want to focus on? And it kind of build, it provides that ability, a little bit of, of a reset. And I think it's just like you've outlined, that ability to be intentional is really critical. And it's not about when it's convenient you do it. It's about consistency. And that's I think right. that's, that becomes a very intentional. But I think it starts with what type of culture, would, what does that look like? And how do you want to build that out in, in yeah. your team? I love that as the first question. And then the values and behaviors aligned with it just come right after that. And I love how you said it's the consistency. And what I find sometimes is, you know, people reach out and say, oh, hey, Laura, I'm having an offsite. I need to think about the things to talk about, or I need a team building activity. When instead, instead of trying to figure out what to fill the time with, flip it and like, what's the culture that I want to create? And how do we do that within every single every single time we meet, whether it's an offsite or not? But I think it's a it's it is very purposeful and intentional, and to your point, very consistent. I have another couple of questions for you. I think we have a, another couple of minutes. What else are you excited about right now? Like, what else are you noodling with? Are you thinking through? Well, first of all, I'm excited to read your book. So <laughs> no, pressure. no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to write a book. So kudos to you for, for that. Um, although I know you've got your own kind of technique and, and secrets to go along with it, but really excited to, to read it. I think a lot of organizations can really benefit from that connection of values incorporated into the team. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. And things that I'm excited about when I've got a little bit of time in my, my spare moments, I've been really thinking about now, how do I leverage my knowledge and experience and being able to contribute and give back to the world in, in, a, in a small, positive manner? And some of that has been around rebuilding out the support group for women in various different roles. So not, you know, it could be leadership, it doesn't have to be, but helping to support others through their career journey. And how do we build that support group for women during their that transition, various different transitions or, or wherever they are at in their journey, but also expanding that out to girls. You know, there's a lot of discussions and continues to have on the DEI side of it, but, you know, specifically kind of because this lens is so big, you can undertake so much. There's so much to contribute to and make a difference. But, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a little biased because I've got my, my daughter who's 18 and just using her as an example, you know, she's very driven, very intelligent, hardworking. And when she was looking at careers, she was thinking about she likes the, the medical kind of research space. And she was contemplating, does she want to go into maybe medical engineering or what are the options? And it was just unfortunate to still see that there's such a small support group within certain industries. And so how do we how do we bring that forward? How do we encourage you know, girls going into some of these professions to bring that level of diversity and the, the perspectives and the mindset. And how do we also bring in others that have had the careers that they have that can contribute to that support? So it's, it's building that support network that seems to be missing. And there's there's aspects of it that exist, you know, specifically like women uh, supporting each other for boards or, but they're very intentional and they're very Kind of small in terms of their scope, which is advantageous. Obviously, you can get some traction. 
but, are, but broader than that, is there an opportunity for us to build that support network that really drives a completely different outcome that would be more intentional and, and purposeful for women? So I've been I've been noodling on that a little bit. I love it. And it is not a surprise that you're noodling on that. I, I, you're, you're always thinking you're always, you know, building. I think that's the learner in you and always go, it goes back to your values and your huge heart. And I've just loved to see, it feels like I've known you for so long and I've just seen how you're, you've brought your values first and foremost, you've codified them. Right. And you're, you're understanding where they come up in the need, and then you're using it to make decisions that not only serve you and your family, but also all the community around you. And I think that's just another example of that. And I just, it's been a privilege and honor to, to witness your growth. And I just wanted to, to say that because it's just a, one of the reasons why I do what I do um, and how I live my values but it, it again does not surprise me that this is the thing that's on your mind, right? <laughs> so I love that that's what you're tinkering with. And hopefully we can, if others are interested and can connect with you on how we can continue to move um, and support that group as we go forward. Last question. What is a book that you are reading now or that you recently completed <laughs> that you would recommend to our audience? <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's so many. I'm in the middle. Like I said, I'm in the middle of a bunch. The one that I thought was really interesting, and it is more, well, no, it's not just aligned to, to the technology, but it's uh, when when machines become customers. Okay. So it's really what I find uh, fascinating about it is that evolution of how can we make our lives, our busy lives simpler and how do we leverage technology and other capabilities? And for some people, it might be really scary because- now I've got this machine that's doing this work for me. But on the other hand, I look at it as what are some of the things that can take, be taken off our plate? So we are utilizing our time that is in the most you know, intentional, impactful way that is not just busy work. Yeah. So I think there's some really interesting concepts. And I, and I can appreciate people. Sometimes it is a little bit more fearful for people because they, they lose the whole notion of losing control. But it's the notion of how can we spend our time in a way that that really is impactful. At least it is for me. Well, I love that, Rekka. We're going to put the link to that book in the show notes in addition to um, your LinkedIn so people can connect with you there. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for sharing your career story, talking about your values and just your thought leadership. I love being in connection with you and just excited to continue to partner with you. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. I will add one more book. I know you said one, but I'm going to add another one. Do it, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The one that I've always been very, has been close to my heart, I guess, is called Quiet by Susan Cain. And so it's, you know, you and I both know as as introverts what that looks like. I just find that book really shifts the mindset around how introverts are perceived and how different societies actually you know view different styles of individuals and we need all kinds of different styles to make the the world go around but i've always really enjoyed that because it's all around data it's all around facts it's very scientific but um, i always appreciated her perspective as well but 
Thank you so much. I am so thrilled, Laura, to have connected and keep connecting with you. Um, it's been an absolute phenomenal journey for me, both in terms of my own growth and development, but opportunity to get to know other people and being able to have those deeper relationships and different ways to, to engage with people. So I very much appreciate all the work that you do and very grateful that uh, we have this connection. Thank you so, so much. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care. Mm -hmm.